0: The tight end has become an endangered species here in Carolina. Can Dave Canales revive the tight end position this fall? We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council where on Fridays like tomorrow throughout the offseason I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on the show the only thing you got to do is either at me or DM me but of course follow me first on Twitter at Julian Council to get your questions in for the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel make every moment more right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any Winning $5 bet that's $150. If your bet wins, visit fandle.comslash locked on to get started today. Continuing our position evaluations again today, let's focus in on the tight end position. A year ago, when Frank Wright came to Carolina, we were thinking that tight end, which has been an endangered species since Matt Rule walked into these doors back in January 2020, that the tight end would be revived, that we would start to see guys like Tommy Trimble make some plays, maybe even see Ian Thomas make some plays, but especially see Hayden Hurst be a big-time receiving threat in this offense. last year, the Panthers ran a ton of 11 personnel trying to feature Hayden Hurst, who had a great week one. But after that, the tight end, well, went away. It looked just like it looked back in 22 and in 21 and 2020. It's looked like it's looked really since Greg Olson started having all those broken foot problems back at the end of his career here In Carolina. So the hope is now with Dave Canales coming in from Tampa, having spent so much time in Seattle where they've used their tight ends a lot in the past under Pete Carroll, that possibly the Carolina Panthers can get back to. Having the Greg Olsons, the Wesley Walls, being able to have even a Dante Rosario. Can can they get somebody who can make some plays at the tight end position? That would be nice to see. So let's talk about the tight end as we look at the Carolina Panthers roster heading into the new league year starting at 4 p.m. on March 13th. And let's start off first with Hayden Hurst, who had an extremely disappointing 2023 season. We look at a lot of the players on offense that did not play well. We look at Ike Iquandu and how he played, how Bradley Bozeman played. We looked at the Miles Sanders signing, which we're going to talk more about that actually next week. But Miles Sanders, his signing and his struggles, a lot of guys offensively were disappointing. I don't know if Hayden Hurst was the most disappointing player on offense. Probably wasn't, but I think a lot of people expected clearly more than what he gave the Carolina Panthers this past season. Looking at his stats, 18 receptions, 184 yards, one touchdown, only had 30 targets. That one touchdown coming in week one against the Falcons was the first ever touchdown thrown by Bryce Young, and Hayden Hurst just chucked it into the stands. Now, fortunately, they got the ball back. I suppose that was a uh, bad omen moving forward because Hayden Hurst did not have the season that a lot of us thought he would. His overall pro football focus grade was a 44.7, which is 68 out of 72 qualifying tight ends. His receiving grade was a 53.1. Out had a uh, 43rd out of 49 qualifying tight ends. His run-blocking grade was an atrocious 28.3. That's not all that surprising talking to Mike Kay of the Charlotte Observer when we spoke about Hayden Hurst in that signing. One of the big thing, things he brought up is the reason why Hayden Hurst has bounced from Atlanta to Baltimore, maybe it was Baltimore to Atlanta, then Cincinnati to Carolina, is he's a below-average run-blocker. It's great to be a receiver, but at certain times they're gonna ask you to be able to help out in 12 personnel where there's two tight ends and be able to help in the run game. And Hayden Hurst showed last year in the nine games that he played that he could not do that for the Carolina Panthers. Looking even more in depth at his stats, looking at pro football reference, he had a forty-six point nine receiving success rate. That's the lowest since his rookie year. His catch percentage was a fifty-six point three, the lowest of his career. Just went from a year in Cincinnati where he posted some career highs in certain categories to posting career lows this past year in Carolina. A massive disappointment, and unfortunately, suffered a concussion, missed the final eight games of the season due to the effects of that concussion. His dad went out on Twitter and talked about how Hayden Hurst was having trouble remembering things. I was sitting here on the show wondering, do you really need to be doing this whole football thing anymore, Hayden, or should you take a step back, worry about your health? You have money. A lot more money than a lot of people listening to this show are ever going to have. Worry about your health, man. Because that's something that you don't want to mess with, especially your brain. We know how serious concussions are nowadays. We've seen players here in Carolina like Luke Keekley, have a problem with the concussion. Dan Morgan, who's now the general manager slash president of football operations here in Carolina, have that issue during his playing career. That cut that short. I hope the best for Hayden Hurst. Whether he's going to be a Panther, whether he's going to move on elsewhere, or he's just going to decide to retire, I wish him the best because that's something that certainly concerns me. But on the field, he did not produce. And this is... A league that is a meritocracy, and if you do not go out there and perform at a high level, even after signing a three-year deal, which really was a two-year deal, giving you some quality money— you're liable to get cut. And he certainly is a candidate to get cut once new league year starts, even before that, as you're already seeing some teams around the league begin to make some of those cuts, and expect the Panthers will be a team that's going to start wheeling and dealing. I do think that they're waiting to see what happens with Brian Burns first before really starting to make some of those moves, because they need to know whether they're going to be able to extend him to a new deal, or if it's going to have to be the franchise tag before they can really decide, okay, what's our plan of attack as far as opening up some cap space so that they can build out This roster, which was the worst in the NFL this past season, looking at the numbers on spot track to place their contracts, Hayden Hurst, if you were to release him, the Panthers, if they were to release him today until March 16th, it would be a $9.8 million dead cap hit in 2024 and in $193,000 that they would save. That's it. Not a ton of cap savings, but you're not losing money. There are certain situations where if the Panthers cut a player, they're going to lose 1-2 million dollars against the salary cap. That is not what you want at all. You also don't want to carry a 9.8 million dollar dead cap hit. I'm though of the opinion that this year is the year for the Panthers. I know they have a ton of cap space next year and that can dwindle depending on what they do with the likes of Brian Burns because if they sign him, they're going to want to open up some cap space, so they're going to probably kick that can down to next year. Same thing with Derrick Brown, who's owed $11.7 million, I believe, with his fifth-year option this year. If they are going to extend him, they're going to kick that can to next year. Frankie Louvu probably going to want to kick that to next year. So you have a lot of cap space right now looking at the 2025 offseason, but some of the moves Panthers might make is going to bring that down. Do you want to add – Some of the dead cap, potentially, if you do this post-June 1 of Hayden Hurst, to next season. I would rather just get it out of the way now. We saw the Buccaneers were a team that had a ton of dead money, just ate it, and still found a way to make it to the divisional round. I don't think the Panthers are going to have that kind of fortune in 2024. A lot needs to go right for them to even have that happen for them, which would be great. I hope that does happen. I'm not expecting that to be the case. Just eat the money now and stop pushing it down the road, which is something the Panthers have been doing the last couple of off seasons, and it's just continued for the Panthers to still be one of the worst teams in the NFL and then come back the next year and not have a ton of cap space. $28 million is solid cap space, but that all can go away quickly if Brian Burns is not extended and then depending on how some other things play out here. So with Hayden Hurst, I don't really see much argument to keep him After the way he's played, he's not giving you too much as far as run blocking. Why not go out there and get somebody who's more familiar with what the system's going to be here moving forward, especially since there's some options in Seattle that would make a lot of sense. And we'll get into those later on on the show. I just say, eat it. It's unfortunate for Hayden Hurst. He's getting his money regardless. So you got a ton of money guaranteed. He probably needs to hang it up. Now, if they do not cut him say they do it post-June 1, rather, here is just a breakdown as far as dead cap, $7.8 million in 2024, $2 million in 2025, and you're only saving $2.2 million in 2024, and that's still $2.2 million that you can't utilize until post-June 1. Now, if they're able to trade him, I don't know if that's a high possibility. It may, might be one of those things where you trade Hayden Hurst and then you have to give up a uh, high draft pick just for a team to be able to take that on. They would save $5.9 million they trade him by March 16th. If they trade him after March 16th, all the way up to June 1st, the Panthers would save $3.7 million. Maybe that's something that's a little bit more palatable to teams in the NFL as far as just how the contract breakdown would be. If that's the case, I feel like Hayden Hurst has played his last game as Carolina Panther. I think that should be the case, whether they're able to trade him or they just flat-out cut him, and they only save less than $200,000 against the salary cap. I feel like that's the right way to move on, knowing that you still have Tommy Trimble here. got guess Sullivan coming back for another year, and there's some other options that probably fit what Dave Canales wants to do more than what Hayden Hurst was able to show last year and then just the overall health concerns that are there for him. I want him to be healthy, want him to live a long, prosperous, happy life. I don't know if coming back and playing football is the right thing. I'm not a doctor, of course. I don't know everything about a situation. But when you hear that you're losing your memory because of a concussion that was suffered playing football, maybe this is not the thing for you. But as far as just Hayden Hurst as a player, did not produce for the Carolina Panthers. And when you don't produce, you're likely to lose your job. And I think that will be the case And Unfortunately, probably should be the case as the Carolina Panthers look to rebuild this roster here once the new league year starts next month in March. What about Tommy Trimble? Can he finally take the next step here in Carolina, entering into his final year of his rookie deal? And Ian Thomas, he's been here since Matt Rule. He was here for Frank Reich. Will he be a part of Dave Canales' team as well, or is he going to be a cap casualty? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing this week week and I mean, week's been fine just kind of ready to, get to the weekend that's how i'm feeling about things today therapy can be different for everyone most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10 off your first month that's BetterHelp help pcom slash locked on Panther fans have been waiting a while for a replacement to Greg Olson, who was one of the best Carolina Panthers, maybe even a borderline Hall of Famer. We'll see how that works out. And an excellent broadcaster. I really hate that Tom Brady's going to take that man out of the number one booth at Fox. Somebody's got to go gobble up Greg. Get, maybe get Kirk Herbstreet off of Amazon on Thursday Night Football. now those are terrible games, but maybe get Greg there instead. He needs to be in a spotlight on primetime games every single week during the NFL season. He's an excellent broadcaster. He'll be able to work with, um, I forget who the number two guy there at Fox is, uh, Joe Davis, who's really good. He'll be able to take that job. Now that means somebody's going to get bumped down and that would still be an excellent broadcast. I'm sure Brady will be fine. It's just unfortunate. That's just my two cents on the whole Greg Olson situation playing out at Fox. But the Panthers... Have been looking for someone to replace him for a while. We thought early on when Greg Olson went down, Ian Thomas stepped up. And was like, okay, here's something. Ian Thomas looks pretty good. Looked fine the next year when Greg once again went down with an injury. So it was 2018 and in 2019. Then when Greg went to Seattle, Matt Rule came here. Joe Brady brought his offense. We did not see the tight end at all. Ian Thomas did not see production from him. Chris Manhurts, also known as Martinez, uh, once upon a time on that Monday night football game, didn't see much from him either. The tight end position has been close to extinct. It's endangered right now. In another season, it may end up being extinct here in Carolina. I don't think that's going to be the case, but I would like to see the Panthers be able to get back to having those reliable pass-catching threats at the tight end position. That has just not been the case over the last couple of seasons. Tommy Trimble, he has been the recent guy the Carolina Panther fans felt. Okay, Tommy Trimble, you saw Notre Dame, good run blocker, someone who showed the flashes of athleticism that maybe he could be a pass-catching tight end. Once he got to the NFL, a little bit of development – and that really has not been the case. 2023 stats for Tommy Trimble, 32 targets, 23 receptions, 194 yards, three touchdowns, had a 50% receiving success rate, had a 71.9 catch percentage, which had to been the best catch percentage on the team. We talked a lot about that. Adam Thielen had a high catch percentage. And then you look at guys like Jonathan Mingo had a very low catch percentage. That's quality to see out of Tommy Trimble. And really what you need to do is kind of, focus in on the final eight games of the season. Now, he missed one of those games, so the final seven games that he played, but the final eight games of the season, Hayden Hurst was not out there for the Carolina Panthers. Tommy Trimble then became that top tight end player for the Panthers. Even before then, he was kind of taken over as the starter, as Hayden Hurst had struggled to adapt to the new scheme and just – did not provide with the Panthers, paid him to provide last year. Tommy Trimble in those final seven games that he played had 20 targets, 12 receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown, and that's the bulk of the stats that he put up last year. There were some good signs to what Tommy Trimble potentially could do if given more of an opportunity, but it wasn't really showing you that, okay, this is going to be a high-level pass-catching tight end, which is not necessarily what the Panthers need. They just need somebody to be there that can actually – Take some focus away from some of the receiving threats on the team. Now, that's of course assuming that there will be receiving threats ever again here in Carolina, which one day that will be the case. Hopefully that will be soon. But if when that day comes, all right, you have these two, three receivers you got to worry about and this tight end who can be a problem as well. Now, first career, Tommy Trimble, he only has 62 receptions, 548 yards, and seven touchdowns. The even just the middle tier tight ends. They do that on an annual basis in the NFL. That's what his career has been so far. And you look at his PFF grades last year, 55.6 overall, 52nd out of 72 tight ends. Um, his receiving grade was 32nd out of 49 tight ends. And these are all better numbers than Hayden Hurst put up last year. His run blocking grade was surprising when a lot of the thought is this is a above average run blocker. And that's really what his calling card is. As a tight end, coming out of college, that was the case. Coming to the NFL as a first-year player, that was certainly the case. He only had a 44.5 last year. That was the lowest of his career. It's actually declined since his rookie year. It was in the 60s and went down to the 50s, now down to the 40s. He's becoming worse as a run blocker. Just That's only one metric looking at it. And when you watch the games, it feels like Tommy Trimble is effective. But last year... That really wasn't the case, and it's not like the Panthers played too much. 12 personnel played a lot of 11 personnel last year, which is one running back, one tight end. Tommy Trimble ended up being that main guy. Now into two tight end sets, possibly he was better than that. Couldn't really find anywhere online um, that could give me more of a breakdown as far as that goes. That's how Tommy Trimble performed last year and has performed so far in his career. And the question really could be, can he take that next step? I would – probably argue no no I'm going to argue no just based off of what he's done so far in his career and even last year he was talking about during OTAs and this is why anything that's said during OTAs and mandatory minicamp doesn't really matter and Frank Reich was even saying it he you don't know until the pads go on and once the pads came on Tommy Trimble was basically the same guy he's been for the first two years of his career in Carolina we at this point know who he is there's a hope that maybe Tommy Trimble can add some more to his game. Um, But that's more hope than actual reality what's probably going to happen. Now, I can't rule it out. I would be surprised if that will be the case for Tommy Trimble in 2024. And another thing I think about, so he played tight end at Notre Dame. Look at all the guys that have come out Of Notre Dame, like Matthew Mayer was outstanding as a pass catching tight end. You had Kyle Rudolph, who's a pass catching tight end, Tyler Eifert, who's a pass catching tight end. There's a long list of those guys that have gone and were great pass catching tight ends at Notre Dame, came to the NFL and had success. Tommy Trimble was a blocking tight end at Notre Dame. That was pass throwing the ball to him was not necessarily what they were trying to do at Notre Dame. And now it's Pretty much the same thing. Cole Komet was another guy who caught a lot of passes at Notre Dame. I just don't know how many guys have gone from college where their primary assignment as a tight end was being a blocker to then coming to the NFL and in develop and this is one of the positions where people talk about quarterback and tight end are some of the more are the two difficult most difficult positions in the NFL to go from college to the NFL at and have success. So it takes some time. He's still developing. It's not to say he can't eventually do it, but when he wasn't really doing it in college, as far as what people would like to see. I have a hard time believing that now in year four and even year five, year six in the NFL, that all of a sudden it's just going to click for time and tremble. That he's going to become an average to above average pass catching tight end. Even George Kittle's numbers weren't huge in Iowa. We know what Iowa tight ends do. Well, that's they know a fan TJ Hawkinson Kittles an outstanding. You've seen what those guys have done. Scott Chandler back in the day with new England. You've seen what those guys have done once they get to the NFL. That. Notre Dame tight ends have done it as well. But Tommy Trimble wasn't one of those Notre Dame tight ends. Not to say he can't eventually. I just wouldn't be banking on it, but I do think that he can still add some value as a second tight end and maybe even a 1A, 1B situation. if That's what the Carolina Panthers want to have next year. Now, what about Ian Thomas? What's his future in Carolina? I don't think Ian is going to stick around any any longer, especially with the cap questions and what's going to happen with Burns and his contract. If you look at spot track, Ian Thomas, pre-June 1 release, it would be a $3.7 million dead cap hit. The Panthers would save $2.2 million. To me, that's a no-brainer. Tommy Trimble had already taken over as a tight end, even when Hayden Hurst was still healthy. You saw guys like Stefan Sullivan getting more opportunities than Ian Thomas, whose snap count really went down with the previous staff. Now, new staff in place, he has shown who he is. the rookie year, the what he was doing, that was an anomaly. Now Cam was still playing quarterback. Cam was still healthy, but after that we have not seen it. the quarterback play has not been great. We totally understand that. I just don't think Ian Thomas is someone worth keeping around as the Panthers bringing a new staff and then they have some other guys who make more sense and who have played better and are cheaper, quite frankly than Ian Thomas would. So Ian Thomas appreciate your service here in Carolina. But I'm going to have to bid you adieu. Now, Dave Canales, spent a lot of time in Seattle, was in Tampa last year. Let's take a look at what the Bucks' tight ends were able to do and look at some of the other options out there for agency and find out whether Dave Canales can, in fact, revive the tight end position here in Carolina in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. The wait is almost over, North Carolina. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to our state. On March 11th, we'll finally be able to bet on all our favorite teams and all our favorite sports. With FanDuel, there's tons of ways for you to get in on the action. You can bet on everything from the money line to over-unders to which team will win this year's Tobacco Road Rivalry, all on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, with live betting, you can even pick which player will put up the next bucket and the one. After that, see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on so you can be the first to know when FanDuel goes live in North Carolina. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Everyone wants to know whether Dave Canales can get Bryce Young to start playing at a high level. We saw what he did with Geno Smith in Seattle, helping Geno get paid. We saw what he did with Baker this past season, helping Baker. Uh, he's going to get paid at some point in time here in the next coming weeks. Baker get to a Pro Bowl, help the Bucks get to the NFC or – Yeah, the NFC divisional round, they had success this past year. So we're all focused on what's going to happen with Bryce Young in the quarterback position. We're wondering what's going to happen with the wide receivers and the running backs and the offensive line. I'm trying to figure out, can Dave Canales get something out of these tight ends more than just go out there and block for the run? Can Dave Canales utilize a tight end in the pass game? Matt Rule with Joe Brady as his OC didn't do that. Jeff Nixon, when he was the OC, after they fired Brady, didn't do it. Ben McAdoo, that never happened. Last year with Frank Reich, then Thomas Brown, then Frank Reich, then Thomas Brown, that never happened. I'm just a simple man who wants to see the tight end position back here in Carolina being utilized in the past game. That's, that's all I want. We've watched it for 25 years. It was great. And then the last couple of years, it has been, well – not great. So Dave, can you do it? Let's look at what the Bucks tight ends did last year. Bucks tight ends in 2023, they had 81 targets, 55 receptions, 505 yards, five touchdowns. Now, Kate Otten, he had 67 of those 81 targets, 47 of those 55 receptions, 455 of those 505 yards, and four of those five touchdowns. Really? It was one guy doing all the damage for the Buccaneers last season at the tight end position. Otten, overall, his PFF grade was a 56.8, which is 48th out of 72 tight ends that qualified. And comparing him to Tommy Trimble, it's not that much higher with his overall grade. Now, Otten was far better as a receiver last year than what Tommy Trimble was. You also look at the quarterback situation, which... Man, I hate to say that. You look at the quarterback situation last year with Baker Mayfield compared to with Bryce and also the offensive line and all the things that played into this Panthers offense being just trash. It it was a better situation for Kate and to actually be able to put up those numbers, even though he was the only one putting up numbers in Tampa. So we know in a Dave Canales offense that that is the kind of production you can get out of, I believe, as a second or third year player in the NFL in Otten. Can Tommy Trimble maybe do that? If Hayden Hurst returns, we, we know Hayden Hurst is capable of putting up those numbers. We didn't see it last year in Carolina, but we know that he's done it. Now, as far as Ian Thomas, no, I would doubt that. And I also would doubt that Tommy Trimble could do that. We know capable tight end in Canales' offense has done it in the past. I was talking about personnel earlier. I was looking over at uh, – I forget the website – yeah, uh, there's like NFL LO. That's where you can check out the EPA and all that. Uh, the Panthers were ele- a lot. So just looking at the breakdowns, I couldn't find a website. It was Warren Sharp used to do this, where he it was just target. He would chart all of the personnel usage breakdowns for all the teams in the NFL. Hasn't updated since 2021. Don't know if there's anywhere else you can find that, but I was able to just find on the website where you can check out EPA just the breakdown as far as teams on first down um, what their personnel package was the Panthers were in 11 personnel, 71% of the time, which is the second most in the NFL last season. They were in 12 personnel. That's one running back two tight ends, 10% of the time on first down. Then the bucks were a little bit more varied, a lot more varied. Really. They were in 11 personnel. That's one running back, one tight end 51% of the time on first down. Whereas on in 12 personnel, they were in at 27% of the time on first down and back. Goes into the fact that the Panthers' offense was very predictable last year, and that was a big criticism a lot of people had of Frank Reich and then Thomas Brown. But really, the predictability about it was that the Panthers' offense wasn't going to score touchdowns; that they were just bad. And part of that was because they were predictable with what the personnel was going to run, and then also being in a shotgun a lot, not being a lot of, in the under center, and just knowing that okay, this is going to be a pass or this is definitely going to be a run. The teams that the Panthers are going to do it is likely. With Dave Canales, we're going to see more personnel usage as far as the 12 personnel, not totally solely just 11 personnel like we saw last year in Carolina. So that means that you're going to get to see Tommy Trimble. You're going to get to see maybe Hayden Hurst out there. You're going to get to see more of a mix of tight ends utilized opposed to what we saw a year ago here in Carolina. Now, looking at some of the guys that potentially could come to Carolina to be paired with Trimble, Stephon Sullivan's is also back here, and even maybe Hayden Hurst if he sticks around. I'm looking out in Seattle. We talked about this on Monday's show: the offensive and defensive upcoming free agents there with the Seahawks who could come to Carolina. And offensively, you think with I believe it's nine former Seattle Seahawks staffers now here as full time staffers on Dave Canales' staff that it would make a lot of sense that they would want to bring in some players that they've worked with before. We saw Matt Rule do that with all the Temple and Baylor guys. We saw him, Frank Reich, bring in some guys. Justin Houston, he came here to play under Frank Reich. You saw Michael Straughn, who was in Indianapolis. He came here to play because he's a Frank Reich guy. We have seen that over and over again. You see even defensively. Sean Williams came over here from Denver, where he was a, a part-time starter the year prior under a Jarrell to come back and play under a Jarrell Vero. It's just the nature of the league. You see it in the coaching staff. You see it in the playing staff. Like That's just how things work out. Now, looking at the Panthers' coaching staff, Pat McPherson – has been the Titans coach in Seattle the past 14 seasons, all under Pete Carroll. There's two guys who are free agents from Seattle who we talked about on Monday, Noah Fant and Colby Parkinson. I'm willing to bet the Carolina Panthers are going to get one of those guys. The guy they're most likely is going they're going to get is Colby Parkinson. Noah Fant, P- Pro Football Focus has him rated as a number three tight end. Dalton Schultz. Hunter Henry are the two tight ends above him. Those guys are pretty damn good players. Schultz was a free agent last year, went to Houston, had a good year, just barely missed out on his incentive there in the final week of the season that would be something the Panthers should be interested in again Hunter Henry as well but guys that are already familiar with the coach here in Carolina are Fant and Parkinson and I'm thinking one of the two guys will be here I'm guessing Colby Parkinson more so than Fant because I think Fant's gonna have maybe some better options out there but maybe this is his best option and he wants to come I would love to have Noah Fant that would be my preferred option looking at him last year he was graded as a 30th Best tight end in the NFL, has 72 qualifying tight ends, 32 receptions, 414 yards, no touchdowns. He did play in 2022 when Dave Canales was there. He only spent two years in Seattle so far after the Russell Wilson trade. Had a 62.9 overall grade, had a 72.1 pass blocking grade. Tommy Trimble, we talked about, we felt like, okay, yeah, really good run blocker. Well, sorry, I'm talking about pass blocking. But as far as pass blocking, last year was struggling in Carolina. Noah Fant can give you that. Colby Parkinson had, was 45th out of 72 tight ends last year, according to court in PFF. 57.4 overall grade, 69.5 pass blocking grade, another strong pass blocker, a 64.1 run blocking grade. That would be an upgrade from what the Panthers have right now based off of just last year. 25 receptions, 247 yards, two touchdowns. Not as much as a receiving threat. Out of Stanford, we've seen some good tight ends come out of Stanford. No Fant out of Iowa. We've seen some good tight ends come out of Iowa. You got an Iowa tight end, pair with a Notre Dame tight end. Feel good about that. You got a Stanford tight end, pair with a, with a Notre Dame and maybe an Iowa tight end. That, that would be great. I w- I'm thinking that one of these guys is going to be a Carolina Panther. You cut Hurst. You keep Trimble. You got Spawn Sullivan coming back. You probably go find some other young guy to come in, and then you bring in a veteran like Fant like Parkinson and having Pat McPherson here is a big selling point for the Carolina Panthers that plus, you know, Dave Canales, who obviously these guys have somewhat of a relationship with, maybe not the, the, the most experienced relationship, but they, they have a relationship with Dave Canales in some uh, manner. So I, I think Dave Canales, he's shown last year that when he has somebody who's capable of making plays, he can get the most out of them. And we know that, Guys like to stick with their guys, and I think Noah Fant, Kobe Parkinson are two clear candidates to coming to Carolina. Hope it works out. And hopefully the Carolina Panthers can find a way to bring back the tight end in their passing game in 2024. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours Julie Julian Council. Again, y'all, subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council. Where on Friday I'll be back again to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions into me now. But in in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Friday.